Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Twilight on Nightlight tonight. I really am excited about this evening's show. I'm not exactly sure what it's about, but I can promise you it's going to be interesting. Um, Solaris always brings topics to the air that um, are fascinating and intriguing and thought-provoking, pardon the tongue, Um, I, I think that it's important, you know, to remind all of you that that she takes some of her precious time to to join us on on this station once a month or twice a month, depending. And um, I'm so I'm so very delighted that she is sharing her time with us. She is on KCOR and she is on Freedom Slips Radio, and and she actually has a life. So that she squeezes us in is a joy and a gift. So without further ado. Let me turn you over to our hostess, Solaris Blue Raven. Well, hello there, Barbara, and thank you for that wonderful introduction there. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Always look forward to the show, and uh, we have some interesting topics. I believe we're going to dive into Antarctica today, or this evening. Yeah. Yes, one of, that's, that is actually one of my favorite topics because there are mysteries connected to it but no investigations to prove one way or another what actually happened. Exactly. I was thinking about that today when I was looking for hardcore evidence, you know, and it's just interesting, but it's very, very nebulous when it comes down to what's, what's there, what's theoretically there. You can go through a, kind of like the, the mythology behind it, even from the Atlantean aspects, what I would yeah. call Atlantis, but they, they, they do theorize about Atlantis. And it, I don't know what your impression is about that, what your intuitive insight is in connection to that. Do you get a resonance with that information? Well, you know, lately in the last year or two, um, Mary Joyce has been able to find with Google Earth 
and she's amazing with what she finds, the the mm-hmm. leftovers of a um, a, civil, a civilization there. And when you go way, way back in time, um, at one time, uh, the Antarctic was at the equator. So, of course, it mm-hmm. had to have a culture there. And um, now the ice is miles thick in many places. Mm-hmm. But, but Mary, Mary Joyce did find that, that it, the snow must be melting because there are the outlines of um, a village, a city of some sort. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I've heard. And you know, I kind of, well, well, right back to the last ice age. You know, we've got lots of material and lots of stuff, half of which probably didn't occur at the time they're saying, but they still have the, you know, the material. And I have always been fascinated with what happened before the last ice age. Where were the the big cultures and and going back even further there had to be societies there had to be cultures there had to be mm-hmm. you know cities and all of that stuff and there is no record of it at all everything starts right at the end of the last ice age which we all know is not true so mm-hmm. you know and exactly and as far as you know the the there is a a pyramid there that they swear is a natural pyramid, and, and I don't believe it is. I believe it is mm-hmm. a real pyramid, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they if they have actually done anything to try to discover if it's actual or if it's just ice. Right, it was ice is melting for sure. sure. You know that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's. It's kind of like the pyramid there really fascinates me because when we did the remote viewing, we went into that pyramid and it was a pyramid. So, mm-hmm. it, what color did you get from that? I got a what blue color green. Did you get for the, I was gonna say blue. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Yeah. That's what I get. That's a that's a confirmation. Oh. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's, that's interesting there. So but you know, there's a reason also that the Nazi base was there, too. They were drawn to that area. And in my opinion, it's almost like a spaceport. If you think about I'm talking before all this stuff. And one of the reasons, I like Mary Joyce, by the way, and, and some of the things that she's looking at right now, I, I'm understanding that the ice is melting to a point where everything is being revealed. So we'll see a lot more if it's being exposed, if, if people are willing to come forward and, and share it with the world. Done with Google Earth and the Google Moon and the Google Mars um, is is just phenomenal, especially with the, the Moon and Mars. Mm-hmm. She's literally found nice. structures there, and so that she was able to find this. And, and what was fascinating with it, she took screenshots when she found it, and when she went on the air and was talking about it, a whole bunch of us went back taking her coordinates. And the sites were no longer there. They had been blurred out. Oh, wow. So, That's interesting. She, I mean, she has her screenshots that are there. So mm-hmm. That's good. It, it's, 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 you know, that's the one thing she says, whatever you find, take a screenshot of it, because mm-hmm. um, easily it could be something someone doesn't know you to know, want you to know about. Mm-hmm. Very the, true, yeah. The, 
and what's what's underneath um, Antarctic. I mean, there, we have maps. The the I think the 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 uh, oh gosh, the Reese something map. Yes, um, yes, 1929 map. That was um, that was Reese. You're correct. I believe. And, and the plotted sh- map. Yeah, yeah. That shows it without any ice on it at all. Right, and I think that was 1513, if I'm not mistaken. Then it was 1929. I'd have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure it's in that window. But yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. So there had to, there had to be material out there that that he copied. I don't think he went up in mm-hmm. a spaceship. I think he was copying old old texts and old maps. And mm-hmm. it's so accurate. It's um, you know with with how they can they can look underneath the ice now and see what's there, but if they right. can look under the ice to see the land mass, they should be able to see other things too as well. Right. Well, they can. That's that ground penetrating radar. You know, same thing with Egypt and the, and the Giza Plateau. There's so much there. There's so many structures underground, and I'm sure even with the ice, they're able to locate uh, specific ancient civilizations. And and it's true. I heard that as well um, that they had ancient structures there. And someone even mentioned the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, or, or some kind of a Viking uh, ancient site connected to them. Uh, but also, and I've heard all kinds of things. You, know, you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because, you know, people talk about giants and stasis and this, that, and the other. What I've done, too, with the remote viewing is look for jump points and look for things that are more tangible to space time. And what I get is that it's literally a spaceport or was at one point, and which means access to um, intersecting the cosmic how how we can traverse the galactic highway from that location to me is very very significant with the um, the south <clears throat> access point. Well, when we did the remote viewing, we went into uh, we went in underneath, of course, and then into it, and we came into a huge cavern that had um, <laughs> portals on the sides with with um, um, not hieroglyphs but. Glyphs, excuse me, glyphs of some sort on them that that would, would could be triggered to open to other dimensions or other places. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. It, it did look as though mm-hmm. it was a jump spot, and you mm-hmm. know it's kind of like okay, um, so we we've, we've got that here. So there's so much more there, and but they haven't ever since you know Perry and high jump and all of that. We. We've really everybody has stayed away from the uh, Antarctica. Mm-hmm. You know, there are little teams yeah. there measuring stuff in the ice and everything, but nothing to do with the underground stuff. And it it, it boggles my mind because mm-hmm. there were there were um, flying there were flying um, ships of some sort that, that came out from under the ice. Mm-hmm. Now, whether mm-hmm. they were um, whether they were UFOs or of Nazi whatever, I don't know, but nothing was ever made of it. I mean, it drove the U.S. back, mm-hmm. and why was right. nothing ever done? I mean, it was kind of exactly. like... Exactly. It was hushed, hushed up, yeah. yeah. Well, if you look at what it, is, what comes to mind, you know, global security sites, so it's like national security sites with Area 51, S4, this, that, and the other. You're dealing with locations that are national security related, so... At this point, in my opinion, that's one of the reasons we don't get any data, unless you're remote viewing and you're really good at it, or you just have this gnosis of having been there before. And then there's also the aspect of the hollow earth that seems to be correlated with um, the north and south pole. Uh, I don't know where you're at with that. But there are, uh, in my opinion, yeah, when you're talking about the caverns, I mean, to me, and I was just talking to someone the other day about this, you know, that the idea behind underground caverns globally is not unheard of. 
there are all kinds of ways to navigate within this world. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, when you look at the um, magnet tubes that are all over the place from, from mm-hmm. um, magna that has traveled in many dr- – I mean, they're big enough to drive, you know, huge trucks into. They're, they're huge. Mm-hmm. Is that like the lava you know, tubes, right? The lava tubes, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I could live in one of so, those, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you need green. I don't think those. that... Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, gosh, I don't know where getting away from it all is these days. Oh. Um, <laughs> Off planet, I'm telling you right now, let's get those portals going and let's move on. <laughs> well, that's just me. Well, yeah, but, but, you know, no matter where you go, there has to be, have to be, experiences that will help you to evolve. So there are going to be problems or challenges anywhere you go. Well, I like exploration. You know, for me, it's, it's the, that which I haven't fully engaged with that is most appealing. In other words, what the space-time, other space-time configurations, other, other um, aspects of who we really are, our ancient past and the illusion of the future. I think those are the areas that I'm really, I really want to engage with more and more. And with that, you know, the remote viewing can get you so far. But at some point, things yeah. have to shift. And even with this world, it's out, we, we've outgrown this, this world. I mean, I know we've talked about that before, but Antarctica is one of those areas that can provide a lot of information if, if it was released to everyone. And we're, they're still hiding so much there. But to me, I think we can get through and see quite a bit. Don't you find it interesting, though, that <clears throat> almost every country, large country, has a team of some sort of scientists there, and they all seem to be mm-hmm. working in Congress. And yet, when you look at, you know, our relationship to them as governments, we're not friendly at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like they have a what is it? Yeah. You know, so, so what is it well, about that area that is something that globally we are working on, and yet? We can't globally take care of hunger and poverty and all sorts of other things, but we we can put a whole bunch of people up in a nice cube and they all work together nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it has a lot to the alien landscape there. If you ask me, and, and some of the things we were discussing with the with the um, inner Earth beyond the inner Earth and access points. Yeah, I don't think they're foolish about understanding that there's a bigger scenery connected to our space the frontiers of space. So yeah, it's probably something along the lines. And then here, like I said, everybody's being kind of slept into this, this slumber of weird where it's just this linear program that runs and everyone's just doing their thing from day to day, oblivious to this world that exists right over their heads. It's way more advanced and with so much more information, you know, people look up the stars and they wonder, and it's like, we have data here. We can access this information, even our, even our ancestors, which is theoretical in a sense of some people say that there could be some remnants of our ancient ancestors there. And that would be extraterrestrial and more than likely, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's pretty wow. interesting. Plus the anomalies. You know, I hear all kinds of things about anomalies and transmissions and frequencies there. I think they've weaponized it to some degree to try to keep it secured so that nobody can access it. It's kind of like the it me of the, um, the arc, you know, that kind of a thing, where they're just uh-huh. trying to obfuscate everything and then just store it someplace where no one can touch it or access it. Very powerful area. There's a reason the Nazis went there, I'm sure. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. It wasn't just for what? Watching whatever was over there at the time, but, yeah. Shits and giggles, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, the messages they received insofar as guidance. And I really never looked into that too much. I remember the Vril and the, the Fool Society, but wondering if they were receiving messages from extraterrestrial intelligence that was telling them to go to Antarctica because there are the jump points there. Well, that's such an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, it's it, it's kind of like you, you kind of um, – yeah, I I am amazed at the fact that, you know, we've gone to the rainforest, we're cutting down everything and destroying there. It, is the element that we're not going to the Arctic, the fact that there's no viable ground to fight over, is that, could that be it? I mean. Oh, you're, you're talking about the Arctic be, now? I would say. Antarctic. Yeah, Antarctic. I would say it, oh, Antarctic. Okay. Well. I don't know about that. I, to me, I think there's plenty of territory there. And, and in my opinion, those who have a specific level of clearance can probably get over there and, and you know, and engage with what's there in a sense. But there's something very, very cloaked about it. it. To me, it's a very powerful area, a very, very powerful area. And it can only cloak it for so long. You know, that's one of the reasons I would love to get over there, quite honestly. And, well, you know, remoting is, that, is one thing. But They've got that lake mm-hmm. that they're not supposed to fly over. It's restricted. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Is that the and, one that has the signature and some kind of an anomaly frequency that it has all kinds of pings to it? Or, I think we might too, have even talked about it. I, 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 maybe. But that to me is, is amazing that it's not frozen over. It's fresh water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it has right. to be That's heated from yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. You know, you can you can get frostbite in two minutes there, and yet here's this lake that um, mm-hmm. is very deep, supposedly, and pilots are told not to fly over it. And I'm wondering if that's an exit entrance point for um, vehicles, and they just don't mm-hmm. want somebody to get hit by, you know, something coming out of there. But uh doesn't make sense. Or secured airspace, yeah, yeah. Securing the airspace for sure. Well, that, that's highly possible. And also, it, you know, thinking that it was a tropical island at one point, at least that's what they're they're saying. I mean, yeah. to me, like I said, I think there's a way to access and get in to a point where that's not gone. I think that the, it's still tropical to some degree at some point underground. Or some well, area. probably if you go down deep enough, they have probably um, attached or linked to some of the uh, volcanic action that's going on there and it's naturally heated mm-hmm. right yeah i, would, I agree i would think the other thing I, i'd like to find out is um just how much of antarctica goes down to the ocean floor it's not floating it's anchored there so it has to be attached mm-hmm. to a plate and in order for it to move, the plates have to move. I would, I would think. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so to, to have um, passageways in there where submarines could go in and stuff like that, and, and I do believe the Nazis were in there underground. I do believe they were able to get submarines in there. And if that's the case, mm-hmm. then quite possibly, um, there's a culture there that has been going on for the last 70 or 80 years that no longer is tapped into um, the world stage, but is going along all on its own. Mm-hmm. Breakaway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, they can't account for all of the U, of the um, U-boats. Mm-hmm. So, um, and yet there hasn't been any. FBI. I'm going to call Spaceport yeah. for this insofar as I think they're anchored close proximity. I think that the jump points and access points um, along the lines of the poles, especially with Antarctica, so we have South Pole, that, that to me is the anti-gravity location of spaceport activity. I think that's what's going on. And also, um, let's not forget the Arctic. Let's not forget the North Pole either, because there's a lot going on traversing. I mean, there's, you know, between point well, there, A and point B. There is, but there's no land there. Right. I that mean, we know of. That's just that we know of. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know I mean, what I mean? I have a, so uh, obscure. Well, you know, that's it. And, but, but. Um, when they were trying to find the North Pole, it kept switching because, of course, it's it's floating on the surface. So. Mm-hmm. And you have Magnetic uh, North. Well, and also, we, everybody kind of forgot about Magnetic North. You know, it was moving towards Siberia, if I'm not mistaken. And we were dealing with that years ago. I mean, as far as relocation in certain areas with airports, and I think it was really causing some problems there. So that's going on. We've got a moving and a teetering that's going on. And to me, that could be another reason that this is surfacing now when it comes down to that, which was hidden is now being revealed. Well, that's a wobbling. Yeah. And, but, but magnetic North um, <clears throat> has changed. I mean, it used to be Thuban and, you know, magnetic North, the pole star is what I'm talking, talking mm-hmm. about. The pole star Hilarious. switches too. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, at one time, Magnetic North was in the Hudson Bay area, and now it's moving more towards, um, oh, gosh, so we're over Russia. I mean, it's... It, I thought it was Siberia, right? It could, yeah, it could be. Um, but it's, you know, it's constantly changing. And, and you know, when you think about all that's going on in the world, um it boggles my mind that there are areas that they just absolutely have taken their hands off the table and said, we're not looking at that. Um, in Egypt, the Giza Plateau, they're not looking into all of the caverns that they've discovered under the plateau. And yeah, They have. They're just not telling anybody about it, in my opinion. That's my point. Everything is you know, beyond classification now, so it's only a specific group of people that have access to the the in-the-know kind of information, and everybody else is left in the dark. And it's, it's our heritage, it's our legacy, it's our, our celestial heritage that we have um, information. It's not something they're supposed to be concealing. I don't care what their reasoning is behind it. So if people are doing that, which I'm sure they are, then that's not okay. And that's why we kind of dig around and do our own work and, and eventually have breakthroughs. But, you know, when you get to the really, really, really heavy-duty scientists and everything, um they all seem to get along very well together. It's the governments that don't. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And, but, but as far as, as far as Operation High Jump, when um, Bird took that big convoy down there, uh, they, they were, um, there, there were saucers that attacked them. And mm-hmm. I, I think I, I think at some point they said there were swastikas on them. And then in Berg's diary, um, he did say that, that when, they, when, they, when he went into inner earth, the swastika was there as well. 
but it, mm. but it wasn't. Swab and lamb, it wasn't. It was. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and um, they gave a Nazi salute, and mm-hmm. but it wasn't. But I think at that point, or or it it feels to me as though if there were Nazis there, they may have maintained the symbol, but I don't think they maintained the connection to Mother Russia and all of that stuff. I think that that they had broken away so that they were independent of in yeah. So yeah, whoever what, of, whatever of Germans, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, whoever, I also, whatever is there. Yeah. Right now. I, I I always had the sense that they broke orbit, that they left. They literally left. That they had breakaway civilizations and enough um people to kinda create a new community and, and left this world. Not going inner world, but leaving. Literally going to another configuration. So um, <laughs> Mark Eddy. Hi, Mark Eddy. It's my doggy making noise <laughs> in the background. <laughs> not barking. So, but, but yeah, it's fascinating, case, you know. If that's and, the case, then then are you thinking it's deserted or just has a skeleton crew? I, I think there's a. I think it's deserted to some degree, is my opinion. But there has also been something hijacking it in the sense of uh, perhaps this global network of pe- of people and corporations taking over and doing their own exotic experimentation and analysis. I'm sure that's been going on for a very long time. But my, my take is they left. They got out of here. They were also uh, had enough technology, I think. And I'm not just talking the, the old school stuff of anti-gravity and their like, experimentation with their, you know, their, I wouldn't call it expanded UFO technology. I think there was something bigger going on with those jump points. I think they had to be in Antarctica to make it work better. And that has a lot to do with the field and, and the level of what I call anti-gravity. So to me, I think that's why they, they went that direction. That's just my own theory, but I don't think they'd come back either. And I think you're right. They were rogue in the sense of breaking away. I would do the same thing. If we were to leave this world and the illusion of would we represent any country? Hell no. Excuse my French. I wouldn't. Um, I'm not here to represent any, any country. I, <laughs> I know you so, want out of you know. town. I got it. Cosmic just It seems to me that... A lot of the the mythology that's been made up is done so just to get us off track. Correct. And well, that's true too. And yeah. So so that, but I do I do. Well, how do I put it best? I know that there was an outpost there. Mm-hmm. I can't tell Agreed. you how I know, but I know. And when you stop and think about it. A lot of the the money that that came out of the Nazi regime made it to um, made made it to South America, mm-hmm. and I believe Hitler made it to South America. Mm-hmm. But as far That's as but as, as far as um, and I think they have him dying in the fifties. To be honest with you, but he's probably cloned. <laughs> <laughs> well, could be, could be. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of our, um, our our fictional movies and books aren't really fiction, but they had to be published mm-hmm. that way to get them out there. But yeah, but I because th- I know a lot of the um, money that funded uh, the Montauk Project was Nazi money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look so, at our agency so, here. I mean, all of it was incorporated through the Nazis in the sense of they're, t- you know, taking Project Paperclip, this, and the other. We've talked about that, but, 
Yeah, they're definitely yeah. in connection. I mean, that's that's a residue that will never be washed off with the United States. And NASA is a prime example of uh, taking Nazi technology and running with it under the guise of something else. But literally, well, we were, you know, it's the same. If we, it wasn't for the Nazis, NASA wouldn't exist. But we weren't the that. only one. I mean, the the um, Russians did it too. Yeah, we just oh, got yeah, the they biggest, all did it. Yeah, the biggest group. Yep. Correct. And they're still doing it, though. They're still obscuring the truth. They're still sanitizing information under the guise of national security, which is my biggest beef I have with them, because they should never underestimate other life forms here, which includes us. We're star beings. We're, we're not what they want us to be. We're not just people. We're not just consumers. We actually are star beings with consciousness and a lot of in- interesting databases of our own. So it would be nice if we all worked together. They don't do that here in this world. Less, uh, I can't see it anyway. Not very well. Well, here's another conspiracy theory thing that isn't one yet. It's just mine. Um, I believe that there is some sort of um, organization in South America that is definitely otherworldly. South America never had an ice cap over it. So that it it has been in constant development without ice ages forever. Mm-hmm. So that so that a lot of the temples and stuff like that that, that have been now deserted. Um, I I believe that underground there um, are are colonies yet to be discovered. Um, mm-hmm. And and it does feel as though. You know, the, the Amazon um, has covered them very brilliantly for a very long time. But if you'll notice, um, there's not a lot of uh, material about about UFOs in South America or anything like that because of all the mm-hmm. jungle and everything. Nobody, no, nobody sees the stuff. And Nazca, the Nazca lines are down there, and now they're saying they've discovered hundreds more glyphs than, than they knew were there before. So, And I think that was a jump point of some mm-hmm. sort. Mm-hmm. That's a good point you make, actually. Yeah. No, it's highly possible. You know, you're right insofar as how it could be obscured from everyone else, especially with the jungle. I think a lot is cloaked. I think there's so many things that have been cloaked here for so long, uh, hidden in plain sight. You know, And also we talked about how we can see with multidimensional sight. So even if we're seeing with the linear lens, then, of course, if you're upgraded with your frequency, change your configuration and vibration, then you'll be able to access a lot more data, which, in my opinion, is really what it's about. It's about the energy constructs that were created that left that signature that we hone in on. I think that's what we all do as uh, powerful intuitives or however you want to you know, call yourself, but psychic. Uh-huh. But still, yeah, it's there. <laughs> I know people don't like well, that. I think, I, I think psychic's fine. We've used it so long that... <laughs> It's 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 hackneyed. It's overused. It has no meaning anymore. So well, that's uh, what they want to say. I, I know it's unfortunate they get so watered down. That's the problem. That's with everything, though. Yeah. Every topic I, you look and you see. And that's why you keep your magic close to your heart and in your. A lot of the time, you keep your information close to your your center and not really share it a lot. I mean, I know we're here sharing this with the world, which is fine by me. It, it allows them to think if nothing else, you know, to expand beyond what their their daily, you know, routine is and look into something else. But if you if you if you think about um 
and I think I think it has a lot to do with sound vibration. That's my new thing. I think sound vibration may well be what lifted the rocks and planted them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've talked about that a lot. It's highly possible in frequency. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot, I don't know, it seems a lot more dense nowadays, but we could do miraculous things if people would hone in on that and change the field. Well, I think we could do amazing things. Look at the Coral Castle in Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he didn't use, he didn't have he didn't have anything tool-wise to use. Um, and he was able to move all of those stones, you know, flawlessly. I think that uh, there is something, you know, you have, we have a certain number of frequencies that we audibly can tune into. And then, you know, just because we can't hear it doesn't mean there isn't a frequency and a sound out there. Because look at the, it was at the Havana Syndrome where sounds oh, yeah. were used to to um, give people headaches or create tumors or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're still using so, it. So, so frequency-wise, and I think that's what um, that's what the uh, Tuatha Dé Danann were using um, way, 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 way back before the Druids. I think it has something to do with frequency. And I think that we, as humans, we are capable of that frequency. We just don't know how to. Um, it's sort of like some people can whistle and some people can't. Um, mm-hmm. Right. It, it's it's yeah, creating a it's creating a sound that you can't hear, so you don't know if we have it right or not. Mm-hmm. So. I think once you calibrate, you'll um, you'll be able to open up that field a little bit more. I'm speaking for everybody, but the idea behind that would be to open that up and calibrate your own body. So you're able to access more of the bandwidth, so to speak. At least that's what it seems like to me. Well, we've become so reliant on technology that we've mm-hmm. negated the fact that, that our own power centers are far stronger than a lot of technology. They are. You know, so, one thing about everything that's here is that we are getting calibrated for even even the dirty electricity. As As weird as that is, at least we understand it. You know, our body, our DNA signature understands how to calibrate or at least negate to some degree some of these transmissions so that's one thing you know it's it's an interesting turbulent world we live in with vibration right now but i think that's going to change quite a bit well above harp what other kind of technology is the government using that you've heard about the only ones i'm familiar with i don't think it's harp per se but it's just a combination of different types of transmissions and signals a lot of it has to do with the aerial mapping and warfare they're doing with the satellite systems, from what I understand, but also just the scaler. I mean, you can have microwave, um, ultra-low frequency, high frequency. I mean, it's an array system. It's similar to what you would say would be HARP, but more, more uh, localized in certain areas across the map. And in my opinion, it's kind of like lasers. You know, you just basically point them in the direction you want to uh, disable the target, and you're able to neutralize it immediately. And the laser systems come to mind. You know what else comes to mind is the old, uh, well, nowadays it's not Star Wars technology, but that was some, an old one back in the day. It's morphed into something a little bit more nefarious now, so with a different title. But that's what I'm talking about. I think it's the satellite systems that are that are using a lot of those transmissions and frequencies that are affecting brainwave activity and, and scrambling targets and people and you know, you see all the madness in the world, and, and you know, it's not just about being angry and being upset. There's, there's other things happening with frequency that's causing that disturbance. Well, yeah, and, you know, this this element of the war in Ukraine.
point where we don't have to kill people? I mean, isn't there a better mm-hmm. way? You know, I mean, a hand to poker, arm wrestling. Yeah, it's very low. Anything. Right. No, I agree with you. This I, is I, my whole thing with the breakaway societies. We we don't need to live like this anymore. But they're trying to do almost like a class breakaway where everybody here is considered to be, I don't know what, um, I, they like to call everyone consumers, but it's not that. We're, we're star people. We're star beings. And, and literally, this should not be going on. Uh, we need to open up the field entirely. And I've mentioned that before, but this just can't be like this anymore. Yeah, you're right. The wars, the battles, the lower astral junkyards. And that's what that's constantly cycling itself. It never it never stops the repetition because they're constantly creating it. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah, no, it is scary. Uh, when you think, you know, I, I think back to the wars that we've had before, and none of them make sense. I mean, if mm-hmm. if, if somebody is power grabbing to try to get more property, that's ridiculous. There has to be a better way of working that out. And mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate in that, yes, there are laws out there. There are laws from the mundane to the ridiculous, but the only, the only people they apply to are the honest people. And while honest people will abide by the laws, the, the crooked people won't, and they just walk all over them and turn their back. So it, mm-hmm. it, it, does, it doesn't make any sense. You can't take over another country. That's not legal. That's not right. That's not fair. And yet yeah, they don't play it's fair. happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, they don't play fair. They don't play by the rules. That's one thing I've noticed here. That's laws out of lawlessness. They make it up as they go. And, every, and then the good people who are good-hearted and kind of naive go along because they don't realize that it's all deception until you get a real good taste of it. And then at that point, you just break orbit with it. You don't want anything to do with it. But, yeah, it's interesting how this formula has been going on and on. That's one of the things that needs to stop. It's a cycle that doesn't work. It never did. It just, you know, it's, it's such an energy waste to think about all the people and all the energy we do. We utilize when we're, when we're involved in these real heavy environmental conditions. Well, look at the millions and millions of dollars we've sent to the Ukraine. And mm-hmm. we're getting invaded and we can't take care of the people that are coming in now. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I feel bad for the people in the Ukraine, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, um, I can't afford to feed tons more people than I already feed. And, and mm-hmm. yet that's what we're, we're being asked to do. We're being asked to pay more for everything. So the government can send more money out of the country. I, I don't agree with that. I, I do believe we should mm-hmm. take care of our own first. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I don't know if you've been paying attention to that, but I, I kind of look around YouTube once in a while, and I have never seen so many people living in their cars and their vans and putting it on YouTube now. And they're nice people that are literally, they just can't live elsewhere. They have to live in their cars. They have to live in their vans. And it's cold. Yeah, but they, you know, obviously can survive. But this is inexcusable for America, and and this is this is just regular Americans, right? This, I'm not even talking about people coming over the border, um, but but they don't take care of their own. And, and my point is, we have a homeless epidemic right now, and now it's being completely saturated with extras that we didn't need. Uh, what happens to the Americans that have been here that have been contributing, and all of a sudden they just get screwed over and they're winding up in the streets? I have a real problem with this. Um, it's just not balanced, and it needs to be taken care of. So, yeah, if you really want to. You know, well, see what the world is about. Go watch these people and see how they live. And you know, 
It's unfortunate. Well, I think it's I think it's California that we're given millions and millions of dollars to create homes for the homeless, and they built the buildings, but the cheapest unit was six hundred thousand dollars. Good grief! Now, if you're yeah, homeless, crazy. you know you you just it's you can build a house for a lot less than that. So well, tiny um, houses, anything. Yeah, I mean, and the tent cities and everything. I mean, holy Mm -hmm. mackerel. Well, it's embarrassing for the United States, to be honest with you. This is a country that was about, you know, abundance in all forms and designs and the American dream, and now you see nothing but a slum. And they want to say they're proud of that in District of of D.C.? Sorry, but I don't see how they could be proud of this. I would be embarrassed if I was in the illusion of power over there because it's embarrassing to see how a country that was a superpower – has gone right down into the sewer with all this homelessness and drug addiction and everything else that's going on. Uh, crime rates are spiking. I mean, we can go on and on about it. I've seen it here. We've talked about that, but it's no good. It's just no good. And any electric bills, I don't know about you, but my electric <laughs> bill has tripled. I'm like, what? I don't even use any electricity. Okay. Yeah. So mine has too. On the linear stuff. <clears throat> really crazy. Well, you know, you do, you wonder uh, what happened. I mean, is it people just got avarice and, and decided that they wanted to pull more and more and more power, or, or what is that? I mean, I mean, we, you know, if we come up short on money, the government just prints some more. I mean. We have plenty of money. Now, we have plenty. There's no reason for people to be starving or homeless or have, not have clean water or anything else. There really isn't any reason for it. And, and the fact of the matter is I think it's greed-related. I think it's corruption. I think there's a certain group of people that want to keep their big money and their their big tech and watch everybody else go into the sewer. You know, heaven forbid they have competition, you know, brilliant people, brilliant scientists, or somebody who actually gets themselves into a position where they're they're really, um, you know, if the life is working for them. Seems to me like, like I said, I've observed the upper middle class and middle class going into lower middle class or lower lower class, and it's like, wow, um, poverty almost. You know, this is no good. Well, and they there's no more middle there's no more middle class. That's gone. No, there's no, it's actually people who are sweating bullets trying to survive. Yep. And, you know, it really, it gets me. The other part too, um, we have people, and I guess they're all over now, but um, we, they're ex-military. They just sit out there and, and in the middle of the road to take handouts. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what happened to that? Yeah, I mean, why didn't the military take on. care of them? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Well, and, well all the vets. Well, that's, that's how they were treated. Yeah, they. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but some people, you know, just they're some people are sick and they don't they don't know it and you know they they don't have the capacity to. Um, Figure out how to get out of the doldrums. I wouldn't either mm-hmm. if I if I suddenly lost everything. I'm not sure what I, I what I would do. Um, mm-hmm. It's trauma. Anyway, it, look at it. And a lot of these people are psychologically fractured, uh, especially if they're military, ex-military. They come back fragmented, yeah. psychologically damaged. They get them on medication that doesn't work, and then they get worse. They're not really, uh, you know, the aura. You know, we talked about energy and how you can tear the aura. Well, think about combat and how destructive it is to the electromagnetic field. And I don't care how strong you are. Uh, that stuff is damaging to your field. And even if you get interconnected with advanced technologies, you're still going hit, to get hits and damage. So I think there's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And, and you know, not only that, but 
I don't even want to go to the doctor anymore because I don't trust the doctors anymore. Mm-mm. I don't either. I've known and, mine for a long time, so I can kind of read them. But, yeah, I agree with you. So so it's life is changing dramatically. And it's mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> somebody said, well, I want it to go back to normal. And I said, there is no normal anymore. You know, what mm-hmm. you've got now is as close to normal as it's going to get. And Yeah, that's what they said. You know, yeah, originally, originally they said there was no normal. There's no going back. Well, and, and look at the school. Look, look what we're teaching mm-hmm. our kids. I mean, it's awful. Yeah, um, it's basically anything to lower the vibration and keep them stupefied and ignorant and dumbed down and switched off. Yeah, it's literally, a, in my opinion, an abomination. I, I'm all about intelligence. You know, I, I love, you have to be super, like, super computer smart, but I believe in education, really good education. And there's no reason why we can't have that. So. It's unfortunate, but you have, you know, look at the people that are teaching. They're not your caliber. Like you were an awesome teacher, I'm sure, and very educated and very evolved. You don't get that every day. That's a unique situation with beings like you. So I don't know what they're hiring for teachers now, but I don't think they're very qualified. That's just my two cents. Well, and, and, you know, drag shows with children, I don't think so. I mean. No, if they're in a club at 21 years old, okay, go to the club. But if you're a kid, I don't think they have, there's no reason for that. There's no reason for it. No, life is sure changing. Oh, yeah. It sure is. Um, it's changing. And, I think and it, kids should have been able to be kids without being oh, swayed into this. Why do they have to be influenced by anyone or anything on either side? Why can't they just be kids? Why can't they just enjoy life? Why can't they ride their bikes not, and have comic books and kites, you know? That's old it school. It doesn't. <laughs> no. It, I, I have two grandchildren. They're 16 and 19. And mm-hmm. they have never been able to get on their bikes and just go and play with friends. They have always been, mm. um, you know, chaperoned. They have always had people around them. They've always been, you know, con- controlled. So, th- and, mm-hmm. and for their own for their own safety, I'm, you know, I'm not criticizing my my son and daughter-in-law, um, but but they the kids have been protected. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when they go, when, when Thomas went off to college, you know, he said, boy, I didn't worry about him. Jenna's going off to school, and I'm terrified. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you, you don't know. You look at things that happen, like like the four people that got stabbed. And, you oh, know. Oh, wow. And, yeah, that guy was studying criminal law, too. And if you look at his eyes, he's crazy as hell. Did you see the eyes in that guy? <laughs> it's like a serial killer. I, he, he, you know, he actually talked to people apparently about how to pull off the perfect crime. I mean, he flunked, obviously, but yeah. But I, I wonder if he did that on purpose, that, though. Like no, he left the evidence feeling, on purpose. I, go ahead. No, I think there's somebody else involved too. It's highly possible. He the, wasn't working alone. One of the first thing, yeah. one of the first things he asked was, "Anyone else been arrested as well?" Oh, wow. I, I didn't hear that. That's interesting. Yeah. One of the first things yeah. he said, and, you know, they, they have connected him with DNA and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I I got a feeling there's more going on here. And and he may I be right. a pawn. He may be a pawn for somebody else planning the perfect murder. Correct. Well, I think that for me, when I looked at him, I thought he was an asset to the government. Because, honestly, they could say all the bad things about him being this, that, and the other. Yes, I agree. But somebody was – he learned from something or someone, in my opinion. This isn't, this isn't an amateur. 
And even if he was studying this particular criminal law and, you know, criminal behavior, it's almost like he wanted to experience it in order to understand it and created a, a type of a, an environmental condition to do that. So very strange, but you can look at his eyes and I can tell, I can look at people's eyes and profile and tell that they're just, you can just see it, that he's a killer, man. This guy's ruthless SOB, if you ask me. I mean, just by looking you, at his eyes, crazy as hell eyes. Just wait till this trial starts because mm-hmm. I think something's going to be pulled. I really do. I don't think we've got the truth. Well, I think there's something hidden. I agree with you that there's something else. Yeah, I totally get that. So we'll see where it goes. I think they were they were definitely wanting to close the case or at least, you know, get somebody. And it sounds like, but to me, it's like, you know, if somebody was studying to this degree, why would he leave all that evidence behind? Don't tell me he was he was just nervous. That doesn't make sense to me that they found all this evidence and that he was that floppy. just doesn't make sense either. So I don't know. No, that's why I'm saying I think somebody else did it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's being set up, and at some point, it'll flip, and we'll discover that he's not the murderer. Well, that's interesting. Well, let's let's see what happens with that. You know, you're usually good with your profiling too, so see what happens <laughs> out of that scenario. It does just reek to me, but these are the people that I hate to say it, but government agencies recruit people like him. And and, um, and the reason I say that is because people like him are what they use for their assassin teams for people that are ruthless killers. I mean, don't tell me that we have outfit agencies that play nice all the time. We don't, but they're lethal, okay? They're lethal killers. And a lot of military people know that in the military, certain certain divisions. So I, I just look at, like, his, who trained this kid, you know? Is it just – it's not an accident. There are no accidents. And I look at it on that level, too. He had somebody influencing him or some something besides education at the college. Well, the murders were sloppy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think – there had to be somebody else involved. I don't think he mm-hmm. was the only one there. I think there was someone else there. And that was probably the brains of the whole thing. We'll see. Well, we'll you see. know, I don't like to remote view stuff like that. Um, but, you know, if you see it, you see it in a sense of not even having to see the visuals. There's definitely something yeah, no, wrong with it. I thought there was something wrong with the case as, as soon as they were taking, not necessarily taking their time, but it seemed like it was dragging on and on and on for far too long. And I get that they were getting their evidence, this, that, and the other, but there was something really wrong with that case from day one. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, no, there's, there's I don't know. definitely Go ahead. something screwy here, and they're all saying, you know, how wonderful it all was. Nah, it fell into place too easy. No, no, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just something yeah, is wrong. Right. And unfortunate that it was. I mean, it's a very terrible situation that happened. But think about all these, these people that are being vetted coming over the border who would be more than happy to take lives of students. Nobody talks about that. And I'm not trying to derail anything. I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to profile, profile. You want to vet, vet. But make sure you vet the people coming in, too, so that this doesn't well, happen were, again. And, and, yeah, sure, that was they, a different scenario with this kid. Go ahead. They were saying that 95% of the people coming over the border – um, we're not eligible for, um, you know, entrance in because they were threatened mm-hmm. or whatever. So, right. am, am this, yeah, so so I don't think, it, I, in my opinion, if they didn't deserve to be here because of that, they should have been put on a plane and sent back to their country. Mm-hmm. That, e- yeah. that easy. On the bus to the airport, bye. It's just I mean, common sense, you know. It's not rocket science, and it's not it's no. not personal either. 
You know, this is the thing. It's not about race or anything. It's just about we don't want this kind of criminal activity in this country. We have enough of it. We have to neutralize the criminal activity already. Look at this place. It's nuts. Yeah. You know, how it, much it is there really to put up with? I mean, you want to, like I said, you want to be proud of your country, but it's like, this is a joke. And the police are overwhelmed. So, yeah. They are. They are. It, it, is, it is frightening. One thing I'm curious about, um, they are, um, they, they are finding huge, huge um, shipments of fentanyl. Huge. Mm-hmm. How are they destroying it? Well, that's a good question. Why don't you ask the CIA? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I, don't I mean, know. They, they, you know, uh, they can't. They can't flush it. They, they can't put it into the ground. They can't put it into the sea. They, you know, how do they destroy it? That's a good question. I have no idea. I know it's very lethal, though. If you get near it, yeah, it's no good. So this is another thing. I can't imagine people being able to bring it over the border. Period, or however they're they're bringing it in because it's so toxic, and it doesn't kill the people that are actually bringing it in. It's just bizarro. That's a good question, though. You know, all this stuff we don't know. You know, who's who's in charge of it? Who's actually doing something to destroy it? And how are they doing it? And I agree. I well, think that's I a think good question you should probably send over there. If somebody is uh, transporting fentanyl and they're caught, they should just be given fentanyl pills. If, you know, mm-hmm. they're transporting cocaine and they're caught, they should be overdosed with cocaine. It's really easy, you know. If an you, eye for an eye. If you, exactly. I mean, there are some things that, that um, I know it sounds terrible, but I don't know how else you can persuade people to not do horrible things unless they they really understand that the consequences are horrible. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of these people aren't afraid to die. I think that's part of it. I think they're so damaged psychologically that they don't care. You know, they don't consider their own death anything, you know, their own life anything. So I don't think they would even give a damn, quite honestly. That's my observation. Some of these people are afraid. They don't. They're not afraid of anyone. You know, they don't care. Like these gang members, they just go in and take people down. They don't care what the consequences are. Yeah, you know, they're weird. They're, I think they're actually damaged. I mean, I think a lot of these people are just psychologically fractured, and they are not functioning properly. They have no real soul force that's there, from my observation. That it needs to be stopped because of, there's so many deaths and, and just crazy going on. Too much of that. We don't need people on drugs all the time. We really don't. So, I don't, it's just I don't like all the purpose. Everywhere. I mean, what is the purpose? I, I have never mm-hmm. understood why people take drugs. I just I think it's, it's never. That's all it is. Okay. You know, that's just my my intuition. I mean, it, when people want to get away from the mundane world, there are ways we do things through meditation or working out or you know different yeah. ways. Normal consciousness-related things, right? These guys have to be addicted to something in order to, to feel um, empowered or feel enlightened or whatever it is. I think drugs is, is one of those avenues where they just – they call them gateway drugs for a reason, in my opinion, where it just puts them in that space of, of feeling something like they're supermen when they're just meth heads, you know? So it's unfortunate. But when, it's a horrible but when you see the, when you see these people on the streets and it's like, you know, you can pick them up and you can take them and you can clean them up and they'll just go right back to it. So there's yeah. there's got to be something on 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 a chemical intellectual level that, that Yeah, brain chemistry has been changed through the drug, more than likely. 
you know, it's, it's basically, you know, creatures of habit then at that point. They're so used to it, they can't break it. You can't re-educate them or change that unless you change the brain chemistry, in my opinion. That's just my observation. But that changes your brain chemistry whenever you take any kind of drug. It'll immediately start to, to change everything. That's where the addiction comes in because you can't have – you have to have your drugs in order to keep that chemistry going, right? It's like Dr. Okay, Jackson. so it, it, it destroys channels in your brain. Mm-hmm. But your brain – will rewire. I mean, if people have half their head cut off, I mean, their brain rewires itself so that they're functional. Yeah, I think it, I think it has the capability to reconfigure. I do. But it takes the will of the person to, to want that also, right? I don't think some people were willing to do that. I think some people really do get clean and they change their lives. And some of those people go into these centers for, for a long time to get help, you know. Uh, these other yeah. people, I don't think they have that. And sometimes they can't afford it, more than likely. They probably can't afford those big, you know, expensive centers that Hollywood actors go to. Well, you know, I, I have met people that, that have, you know, come out of addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever, and they've been clean mm-hmm. for 10 years, 20 years, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I know it is possible to oh, yeah. um, kind of rework it all and, and to get back – um, into a normal life, but mm-hmm. it, you know, I just I have trouble understanding it. I've never, I've never been down that far, or Mm-mm. you know that 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 I would that I would. Um, I mean, I I've had moments of you know deep depression when you know marriages broke up and I was all along with all, all alone with a, a child and stuff like that. But but. You know, my choice was not get addicted to something. It was get a life, you know. Mm-hmm. And also stay stay on your course of your spiritual path working. You know, whatever religion or spirituality you are, whatever spiritual path you're doing, I think that really helps. I think having a focus and doing things on a higher level of your divine blueprint really helps recreate the balance in your life if you have something traumatic go on. So I don't think these people get the right help. I really don't think they have that kind of assistance. I think there's stuff that'll kind of give them a placebo or a little, you know, band-aid, but it doesn't really help them. Or I'm wondering if perhaps at some point in time in your evolution you have to experience it in order to understand it, in order to grow beyond it in another lifetime. Well maybe for them, for their spiritual path working, maybe that's something they chose. I think it's very destructive, and I don't think it's necessary. I think there are other ways to navigate the timeline. That's just me. But, yeah, it's, it's something that's concerning because a lot of people are involved in now the children and teenagers. You know, young people are getting involved in that sort of thing. It's unhealthy. They could easily just go to the gym or go train and, you know, get get creative. Uh, they don't have to do that. That avenue is no good. Maybe they'll get out of that. Not everybody, but it seems to be quite a few. We don't need any extra drugs over here. I'm sorry. We just don't. No. <laughs> We definitely have enough. Yeah, it does. It does make one wonder about reincarnation because, it, you know, being into drugs, dealing them or using them, is karmically inappropriate. So when you come back in another lifetime or a thousand years from now, there there has to be something that goes on in that lifetime to balance out this experience. I would think. Yeah, I guess it depends on their contract, but I don't see anybody reincarnating back here. I really don't. I think that this is it. I think the cycles of reincarnation are going to be 
disconnected and, and people are going to have to go to different uh, configurations. That's just my own intuition. They may not have it as easy next time. That's why I say never take life for granted. You never know what's going to come back. Oh, I'll just come back in another lifetime. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, people should be careful. They really should. But do you think there's an end to um, incarnating? or I think, cause, cause I think there's immortality. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Well, the spirit's immortal, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in order for the spirit to experience, it has to be in physical, and the physical is not immortal. So, um, of course, it could well, be. But, it could yeah. be. It could take on a different form could, in another space time. Okay. So I'm, not, I'm yeah. saying I'm saying incarnation here. I don't believe that there, anybody's coming back here. So the reincarnation aspect, the immortality, you are immortal. That means you take on another formula with with a blueprint that you've brought with you because it's coming from the stars to begin with. Your cosmic blueprint doesn't come from this earth. It comes from the stars. You incarnate here. Right. And you, you enter onto a timeline here. You experience this world, but you're bringing the data comes back or forward, rather, to a new configuration. And in my opinion, they can take on any body they want or any avatar. I, I don't think it's limited. I really don't, but that's just me. Maybe that's just where, where I'm oh, heading. No, I, I, no, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree totally with you on that one. You know, it's it's you could be um, <clears throat> green with purple hair in another dimension, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're I don't think we're limited to just this one small band of time, or or or, or physicality. Um, mm-hmm. I do believe there are other other dimensions and and planetary systems and universes where the physicality is completely different. But again, you're still on a journey so that you are karmically working out things, um, not necessarily in the same way, but there, there's payback. There's always has to be a payback. There's cause and effect, and it, it, it works so that you, you, you're seesawing throughout time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely agree with you on that, and, and there are probably a lot of people that don't come back here, and you know, part of it could be so many of them got to a point where they were transcended enough so they didn't have to have the physical here, and they just haven't mm-hmm. come back. And that could be a reason why our society is going downhill. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the elders only th- and the star beings, yeah, we're leaving. And we I consider beings like us star people. So when we're gone, we're gone. It's like one less light on the planet, and the illusion of. And I'm not saying that in arrogance. I'm just saying it's like lights. You have star starlight here. You know, a grid of lights, and people represent that light, those points of light. And each time they leave, it gets a little bit more dim, a little more dim. And the only reason it's getting dim is because the evolution is going in reverse here on this world. And when they think they're advancing, they're not. They're going backwards. Uh, whether it's sabotage or not, they're still not going the, way, the right direction. There are breakaways and starseed breakaways, in my opinion, that are, that are already moving on into another configuration. And they're halfway uh-huh. there if they're physically here, but they're going to make it. And, and recalibration and all that, it will be part of that, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, but it's, it's interesting to see. You know, I, I don't think people even contemplate another lifetime, but the immortal spirit is just that. It, it takes on so many forms. And if you take, if you're lucky enough to be, a, say, an astronaut, and you get out of here, you break orbit with this world, and you go to another planet, you will change. Your DNA will change. Your physical appearance will change. You will be recalibrated, reconfigured. And as much as people say, well, that's not possible, it is possible. Different space-time configuration will accommodate your, your DNA sequencing because your star being will, will accommodate the environmental condition. And I know that. I mean, I know that like the back of my hand. So to me, I, I find that the future 
of, of traversing the galactic highway is, is fantastic. It's so phenomenal. And it's not anything that people should not know about. In other words, they, they have to open up these doorways. They have to open up the information. And part of Antarctica is that. You know, I was always wondering about um, Buzz Aldrin. Like, what was he doing down there? And I know they're saying he was on a tour of something, but it doesn't sound right. Uh, some kind of a trip he took down there, which was a tourist group, but that doesn't sound right to me. Something else was going on. I don't he want wasn't to the only one. <laughs> no, no, yeah, he wasn't yeah. the only one. There were there were others there mm-hmm. too. Um, mm-hmm. And and you know, it, I I heard a no, number of people saying, "Well, what are all these people doing down in the Antarctic?" You know, that doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. And right. and the timing. You know, it, 12, 12, yeah, twelve twelve, wasn't it? Or something in that window yeah. of December. Yeah. Yeah, it was. was and, and it's sort of like, I swear, when we did that remote viewing for Antarctica, um, we saw that chamber. I mean, I could describe mm-hmm. it. It was, you know, and mm-hmm. and it was amazing. So that So that, you know, we saw the chamber, we saw the different glyphs on the different... Portals. They, they were round portals. They weren't square doors. Mm-hmm. They were round mm-hmm. doors. And mm-hmm. um, I can remember, you know, looking at them and just wondering. And you, you could see people walking up to them, touching them. It, it became like wavy. They stepped through and it became solid again. And mm-hmm. it, it was really weird. What well, cool weird. And Did um, you see the glyphs were silver or what color were the glyphs? Um, they weren't a color; they were a light. Okay, okay. Reflective or no? Then. Uh, Just curious. Let me see. They, they glowed. They, they glowed. Actually, and some of them glowed in different colors. Um, mm-hmm. So that so that you know they're and it, they were pretty colors too. They like turquoise and lavender, and there, there were reds and greens and blues and yellows, but. But the, the different shaded colors were kind of pretty too, um, and it just you know, it was almost like, you know how you see these pictures of people going into these huge, huge, corporate buildings and, and going through the the spinning doors, you know, just constantly mm-hmm, doors, yeah. of them. Uh-huh. and. That's the feeling I got here. It was like people were going to work in another planet or another universe, whatever. It, it was a jump mm-hmm. spot, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know where they were jumping to. That's very interesting. I think you're right on on that, to be honest. I think you have a lot of good hits there. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Uh, the workplace comes to mind, the illusion of workplace, but it is interesting. If we were able to do what these breakaways do, so far as what their research is involving, it would seem like we're living on another planet. It really would. It oh, would yeah. seem science fiction. And it, it's unfortunate because for me, I think that was always where I was supposed to be. I mean, beyond the spectrum here, I think I was always supposed to be in those areas. But when you talk about things like that, I don't remember if I was actually there uh, to uh, do the remote viewing with this, but it resonates. Uh, a lot of that information resonates quite a bit. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So you'd probably know your way around just fine getting over there. I'm sure I would, too. <laughs> And that's what the thing is, you know, we're not snooping. We're just, it's a part of our cosmic heritage, if you ask me. And, and it's important to be able to look at these things and, and look through that window and see and also be part of it because we are not designed to stay here forever. I mean, we're, we, we want to keep growing and evolving. And in order to do that, we have to have more data, you know, more oh, yeah. information, more confirmation, more frequency, because with, with the data comes frequency, expansion and consciousness and a lot of other things. And 
And the gnosis is like immortal. I mean, you start acquiring more and more data. And what that does is, is kind of like um, intersects in between other configurations of space and time because then you're getting data and then you're reading other, other realms and other, you know, fields and perceptions. And all of a sudden you're just getting a huge amount of information. And it's not like you can't handle it. We can handle it. But, you know, it's so wonderful that you um, did that. I think that's great. And perhaps another time, too, to look at it. I should probably keep looking at it. I, I know I was um, – well, I'll get into it later. But, you know, when you're looking in, in front of yourself but something's behind you? I was talking about this today. Um, but I have seen things where, and especially in vision, where it looks like it's behind me in my rearview mirror all the time. And it's almost like a message to me, like there's something behind you. But, but it's actually – I'm looking forward, but it's behind me. It's the strangest thing. I, I know it sounds crazy, but uh, I'll have to give you more details out here. <laughs> it's really wild. I've been getting a lot of yeah. that. I get a lot of the rearview mirror stuff. You know, look huh. behind you, uh, even if you're looking forward. It, the reflection beyond the mirror, I guess, is what it is. Uh, and the, I'll use this as an example. I was at my computer, and I'm looking out yesterday. And it's, you know, the sun, the moon is, is out. And the moon looks like it's right in front of me, in front of my window, in front of my desk. And yet the moon is not in front of me. I, I, it's actually behind me, but the reflection of the moon is forward. I'm saying look at the reflection because I think everything is inverted, and I think that's the message I'm trying to relay, even though I'm not doing it correctly. But that is so weird, you know, because I could—I was convinced that the moon was right there in front of me. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, wow. it's behind me. That's how that—that's how powerful the the reflection was. It was amazing. Yeah, but I see that a lot. You know how everything is inverted, right? So. You know, you have to flip everything. You have to flip the, the constellations. You have to flip everything in order for it to work. I think everything's upside down here to some degree or inverted. And, and we're, it's, it's up to us to look at it from a different parallax view to be able to decode it properly. I think that's how we do decode things, to be honest. I hope I didn't go in a whole different universe with that, but I just wanted to share it with you. Sometimes I do that. <laughs> no, that, 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 I, the reason I'm kind of pausing is that... A lot of time, we did, we did, I don't know, 10 or 15 of the remote viewings. And one of them was in the Giza Plateau. And I remember walking down corridors that didn't have lights, but the, as we walked down the corridors, um, the walls glowed so that there was light. Mm-hmm. And yep. at one point, as we were exiting... Um, there were handprints on the walls. And and I said to everybody, you know, find one that fits, put your hand in it, and see the, see what kind of sensations you got. Now, when I did that, I got a feeling of um, um, energy coming through me, and I, and I got quite warm. And it was like, it wasn't a vibrating energy, but it was a, it was almost like, it, it's almost like it turned on something that was in me already, mm-hmm. so that so that so that I wasn't I wasn't drawing anything from it. It just clicked something on inside of me, and I suddenly felt glowy. And um, everybody had a different feeling, of course. And um, one of the people who didn't say anything at that time. Um, Afterwards, I, I asked him, and he said, oh, I found a place where I could put my hand up. And I said, uh, well, why didn't you share it? He said, because when I put my hand up, it only had three fingers on it, and it fit into a three-fingered slot hand thing. Oh, and, wow, yeah. 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 Oh, cool. And I know what you're talking was, about. Go ahead. 
it was it was just kind of um it was interesting <laughs> it is very interesting and and don't ever discount, and I know you don't, but I, I never discount that type of activity where you're remote viewing or even if you're doing like a vision quest or whatever it is you're doing, because that stream of consciousness is, is getting interconnected, but it's also activating, especially in areas like that, when you're talking about those caverns and, and also the, the lighting that's coming through, that's that's right on. That's target. That, that's right on target, if you ask me. And also, when I look at other off-world celestial designs and blueprints, it's always about that. It's always about we don't use the electricity they use here. It is exactly like that where everything is there. It's basically almost like you project it and your field's interconnected and it's an intelligent design that, that lights up at wherever you're at, so insofar as structures go. So that makes perfect sense to me on that level. I think uh, that would be fun to do again at some point. I know you talked about that, and I know you have records of the the, um, the classes, I guess, but it would be fun to kind of go back and look or forward, I should say, because I don't believe we're going back. I believe we're going forward. Oh, I do too. I'm going to. Yeah. I'll look for the one on um, on the Antarctic because that was that was yeah, one of my favorite ones. Uh, um, yeah. We did that those we did those in <clears throat> 2017. So mm-hmm. wow, a long time ago. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> like another timeline. Yeah, but still, it's timelessness. It's timeless data. You know, that's a part of it. I, I remember seeing some interesting things over there too. I, I think. Um, there's a lot there, a lot there that that is um, very, very important for us. I've always wanted to go. It, you know, I won't get started with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, get right you know, the, the more that we do these shows, the more that we kind of go over a lot of the, the potential stuff that's out there, I think it's important mm-hmm. for people to understand that, that what you and I experience is something they can experience. It's not like... Mm-hmm. Like you know, you and I are different from them. It's just that we may be, we may well be a little finer tuned, but there's mm-hmm. no difference. I mean, it's it's. I think we are more more open to receiving stuff because we've seen such strange stuff that that you know nothing is unusual <laughs> these days. <laughs> yeah, and I think people need to trust what they're they're getting to. A lot of the times, if they're meditating or if they're doing anything. Any type of exercise like that, they they should trust a lot of the data. I mean, in a sense of their gnosis, um, but but not imaginary stuff. But just trust, you know, the imprint you're getting, and then you write it down, and then you can look and decode and see how it works for you. But it's a, it's a fascinating process, and and in my opinion, you know, people don't use much of their brains. They say, but if you're on a multidimensional level, you're switched on, and your you know your your field is completely engaged with the unseen realms, which in my opinion is what we do. So oh, that's yeah. part of it, you know, and the fear aspect that people are afraid of anything. Oh, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. That's going to put a block on them. That's going to put a, a stopper. And, and that does happen. I mean, people don't want to, they don't want to know sometimes. They don't want to see it. They don't want to know about it. And it's understandable to some degree. But these types of things are very um, harmless, in my opinion, unless you're going into a really hardcore area. Well, the remote viewing is, is just a heavy-duty meditation. You know, nothing can reach out and grab you or anything like that. Um, I don't think. I'm pretty sure not. Well, I've and, had I've had remote. I've I've had interesting experiences, <laughs> but they weren't like a meditation. They were literally a, it's interface. It's just an interface program. And that was a oh, while yeah. back. But I've seen stuff, and I've had. Um, I thought what I thought was not real time was real time. Let's put it that way. So it was interesting, but most of the time you don't see people. You, know, you don't see um, others there, right? 
You're not supposed to anyway. That's the whole thing. Unless you have trackers. That's true. That's true. I I um <clears throat> I I don't I don't recall seeing others and yet I do think there were others there, but for some reason um there was a, a, a different energy so that so that we could feel them but not see them and they could probably feel mm-hmm. us but not see us. Right. So yeah. um you know, it's kind of like that makes sense. Every now and then, you're sure somebody's behind you and there's nobody there. Well, there probably was, but they were probably in spirit or, or in some some form of astral travel or something like that. Mm-hmm. So and there's the spirits and then there's surveillance. <laughs> Those are different. Yeah. Sure you know that. You're in public oh and you God. see cameras and I mean, I could literally, if I were seeing people like observing me through the lens because I'm I used to work surveillance, so you can always tell when they're watching you. At least I can because I work surveillance. I can always tell if I'm being honed yeah. in on. Yeah. Well, not that I'm you know, anybody, a target or anything, but you know, it's interesting. Well, that you know, anybody surveilling me is probably going to be very bored very fast. Um, well, they do get bored in those rooms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of like um, research and and um, expanding consciousness and. You know, nothing that is going to change the world, but maybe a little. You know, I, I've often thought that with with these shows that we do, that that if just one person gets a hint of something they want to look into, then we've done our job. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, putting it out there and having people say they're crazy or let me check that out. Both of them are good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it, if it makes people kind of wonder and um, do some research. Uh, I haven't had any nasty letters ever, you know, about Not good. what kind That's of good. crap are you putting in. You shouldn't. You, know? you shouldn't get anything like that. And even if they don't agree with it, you know, they agree to disagree and, or, you know, turn the, turn the channel. That's all. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's just interesting. Um, there is a lot of data. In our day, in back in the older days, in the illusion of, I mean, we didn't, we didn't have anybody out there on the radio telling us, you know, how to kind of remote view or, or, you know, share information that expands your consciousness. I mean, you could watch television once in a while, I think, in search of comes to mind with Leonard Nimoy uh-huh. or something, but you really didn't have the access. And now um, conversations like this are gold, if you ask me. They really are. And if you're really honed in, you can get a lot of information that will help you on your own path that you're doing. Your well, I remember path. when AOL started, they had a crystal something room or it was it was for spiritually oriented people and um it was it was a fabulous place to be because there were all sorts of spiritual people sharing information and there was a i was one of the people that did readings for them and and the readings were free you know that you you didn't Mm -hmm. pay for them and um it was it was really a wonderful exchange of information and, and it was very exciting, and now this goes way, way back, um, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years, whatever, a- yeah. When <laughs> right, it was- the old AOL? With yeah, the modem? old AOL. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It was, but, but it was such a different world then, and, mm-hmm. you was. know, it was, but there were some fabulous people that had wonderful wisdom that were sharing it like crazy, and and mm-hmm. today... Everybody has a handout. 
and and well, and it's it. Yeah, I know you're all about giving things for free. I I I don't believe in that though. I I mean, our conversation obviously, but there's certain things I believe there has to be an exchange. That's just me. Oh, That's I agree. I agree. Yeah. And otherwise, they, you know, take at your, this, they take everything. You give them an inch, they take the whole world from you. I've had that happen to me. That's why I'm that way. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> then you've got a valid reason for it. Um, no, I've been the I've been uh, playing with the possibility. Um, you know, the deck of cards is no longer published, and Ooh. I am. Oh, but there there are decks out there all over the place. You can still buy the deck. Okay, okay. Um, that's good. But but my thought was, wouldn't it be fun to create an app for the deck of cards, and so you hmm. can select the card and get the write up on it on your cell phone. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, you that's should what do I that. Thought. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to look into it. I don't know, you know, and preferably it would be a free app, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, it would be, I would rewrite all of the write-ups for all of the cards and expand upon them in a more spiritual manner so that it would mm-hmm. give people insight into what that card meant for that day, if they were using it for a day or a problem they were having or something like that. You know, it would be kind of like mm-hmm. here, here's a philosophical, a spiritual philosophical approach that you can use for this particular situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's excellent. You should get on that. Get a program on yeah, I, I Yeah, I, I don't even know how to start. I mean, I... I can certainly do the rewrite. That's that's nothing. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. Are there are there companies that do create the mm-hmm. app yeah. or there are there are people that are actually really good at engineering those and creating software for that. I I know some people here and there. I don't know if they could work on that one, but uh, yeah, they can at least give me some names to help you create it. That would be a good be that start. Hard. You know, I yeah, know. I think it's great. I mean, that's the good side of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I really I don't. I don't want to charge um, because that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I was hungry and I needed to have money to eat, I would charge, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, you and, just and do as you're guided. I'll tell you point blank. So, do as guided as and, you're guided. You know, some people say that if people don't pay for something, they don't value it too. So, you know, there's that. Sometimes. That's there's that to it, but there actually, I have had that happen. I have had that happen where people don't appreciate it if it's free. You know, sometimes they appreciate it more if you charge them. To be honest, it's just like anything else. So, but I think if you're yeah. at the point where you don't feel guided to charge, then don't. Uh, but understand that when you create that app, you're going to have to pay for that. It's not free. The person who's doing oh, that no, app I... is going to charge you. And so once no, again, no, I... this is why I always say I charge for people for stuff because I had to pay for it. <laughs> Oh, that's just me. No, that's that, like lecturing. No, that makes perfect sense. And and Eric, yeah. I I might go to the point where I charge to the point that the app was paid for, and then I stop charging. So yeah, something uh, like that to balance it out. Yeah, you do what you want. I support you 100. percent And I think that's a fabulous <laughs> idea. Quite honestly, honestly, everything is going on to downloading apps. So even even books. I mean, we have Kindle. 
So it's not oh, like yeah. people have physical stuff anymore. Everything is in the virtual field. And it's going to go from that point to holographic to a point where they won't even have the tangible cell phones anymore. It's just going to be an interface, if you ask me. I think that's what they're shooting for. So, But reminder, that can be very damaging. You have to be psychologically stable for those things. And well, good luck with that. I'm talking to the mask. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think I, I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime. So I feel a little bit. Well, um, they're already working on a lot of this tech. Although it, it, you know, we'll be off planet only another space time before. I don't know if if they're going to go to the level they they probably could go with with the regular you know people here on this world. I don't know if they can help handle the energy for that. And the energy is different. You know how we calibrate. And we, we can anchor energy from the cosmos. This is a little bit different. It's more of the digital. Uh, there's a lot of different types of frequencies associated with manufactured technology interface. And it, it affects the DNA signature quite a bit, if you ask me. So it should be an interesting well, it, thing to see. If we were on a planet that had, for instance, different gravity over generations, the generations mm-hmm. would adapt to the new gravity yeah. and, right. and, and have trouble walking on Earth. So um, mm-hmm. I, w- I would think that that would apply to atmosphere. That would apply to everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that so makes calibration right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've been calibrated, I mean, through technology. So, yeah, I get it. It works on that level. I think it, your body knows how to adapt to some degree. I think the biggest concern I've always had about technology, and, and when we talk about cell phones, is, is the idea behind it can cause so many possible brain brain damage or um, cancer. You know, I cancel out to the universe, but that's always a concern. You know, that's why people don't like to hold anything up to their ear. You want to keep it on speaker if you can. Uh, but, you know, it can be damaging, things like that. So they haven't really cleaned out all the bugs, in my opinion. And everything needs to be just smooth and attenuated properly. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I mean, I use a headset. I don't ever hold the phone mm-hmm. to my ear. And yeah, um, smart. Well, the cell phones we used to have, um, I, I don't know if, if the ones today do the same thing because I use a headset, um, but they used to get so hot, I kept thinking it's mm-hmm. melting the ax- it wax in my ears and my ears are going to plug up. So, <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Well, that's interesting. Oh, well, they do get hot. They still get hot. You know, and those batteries yeah. can, can actually explode if they're older batteries. You have to be really careful and keep an eye on them when you're charging your phone. Yeah, you know, that's just, um, they do get warm. That's where those little um, patches come in, you know, the shungite, where you can get these little patches like Band-Aids that actually supposedly attenuate the energy so that it's not getting so hot. And I did use those on my cell phone, and it did change the, the cell phone. It, it never got hot anymore after I used that patch. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's very interesting. That was all from the shungite. Uh, CosmicReality.net. But, yeah, it was good stuff. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. you know, you see the people with the buds in their ears, and I wonder, you know, I wonder, does that – I have I have little ears. I, I am, you know, a, a great candidate for pierced ears because I have no lobes, and and nothing fits comfortably in my ears. So mm-hmm. – um, I envy people that can have the little thing so they just touch their ear and they answer the phone and they talk. I think those are cool. Um, I've never mm-hmm. found anything that's comfortable like that. No, I just use it on speakerphone. I don't put anything in my ears. I wear a headset on radio and that's about it. Or yeah. listening to music. Yeah. 
Well, I can understand the music part for sure. I mean, that's that's magic. That takes you into another realm. Um, I know. I was just thinking about the Walkman back in the day when we had the old-fashioned Walkman, right? What reminded me of this is I watched Super 8, and I love that movie, by the way. That was one of my that's one of my favorites. Um, I don't know if you've seen it or not. It's really cute, but they, you know, they, they were kind of reflections of like when people had Walkmans and you know the old-fashioned stuff we used to deal with, and of course nowadays oh, yeah. everything changed. <laughs> I used to live in those. I mean, I used to have my headset, and I'd always listen to music. I mean, I was always tuned out of what was around me and always tuned into music back then. Kind of funny. Well, no, I can I understand that. And, and you know, I think um, I always have music playing here, almost always, just just to to have a balancing of, of the environment. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and, I, and I know the, the cats, too. If I leave, I leave, you know, music on or I leave the TV on because... Mm-hmm. If it's too quiet for them, they go nuts. Yeah, so, I didn't say. So, you know, you kind of have to have some sort of energetic that takes you out of the here and the now and puts you in another frame of existence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I dead, totally agree. Total, dead, total, absolute silence is too loud for me. Well, I never get silence because I have air traffic and I I can hear the frequencies of the planes before they show up over my house. That's how fine-tuned <laughs> my hearing is. I'm not kidding. I can literally hear them before they even show up. The transmission, well, I have, the frequency, not the I sound have, of the engine, the frequency. Yeah. I have uh, ringing wow. in my ears and have had it as long as I can remember. And um, chiropractor once, I don't know what she did, but it was gone. And I said, whoa. Don't touch me. Well, that's good. And she said, why? I said, I, it's quiet. And, you know, she put her oh. hands on my neck and it, and it came back. And it was like, wow, that mm. was so strange that I actually heard what it was like to not have the ringing in my ears. I would wow, miss so it you, it it's gone. back now? Huh. Oh, yeah, no. It, Is it, it gone it, now? It, it's, it's gone. No. No, no. Oh, it's, you still have it? I've always... Always. I wonder if that's part of being psychic as you are, because I know that beings like us have extra hearing sensitivity. I'm not talking really the tinnitus part, but, but the idea behind hearing different, different frequency bands naturally, and then who knows, I mean, what's going on with that. I will say that I've been using mylar and different types of shielding mechanisms if you really want silence. Sometimes that takes the edge off of noise, and, and sleeping with something like that around you would probably benefit you. I, I literally got to that. The reason I've been doing this is because the air traffic has been so excessive over my residence that I have to cover something <laughs> to put it over my head right now. So it takes the energy away from me so that I don't have to deal with it anymore because I'm just like an antenna, you know. So I'm thinking that maybe something like that might be good for you, but you're so used to it. Well, yeah, and, and I've always attributed it to the being sensitive, yeah, it is because when you're when you're psychic, yeah, sure. Go ahead, I'm sorry. So you know, if I didn't have it, I'm wondering would I still be psychic? Um, oh, I think so. I, I think you've been in a lot of places you probably aren't aware of, oh, and I think you pick up on frequencies that aren't necessarily um, cosmic. I think you pick up on all kinds of bandwidth, maybe subconsciously, well, and that could be part of that. That's that's that is absolutely true. One Thanksgiving. When my sister and her husband was visiting when I, when I was in Connecticut, they had never been to the 
casinos, and there were two right by me. And I said, well, let's visit them both. And we did. And when we went into them, I said, what is that noise? And they looked at me and said, what noise? And I said, don't you hear that? It's it's a harmonic. It's There's something mm. playing constantly. And my sister said she didn't hear anything. He didn't hear anything. It was driving me crazy. And nobody seemed to notice it but me. And I thought, this has to be a harmonic that is working on people's brains to keep them apathetic and sitting at the computers, at, at the the, the um, slot machines. Mm-hmm. But it wow. was in both of the That's it was in both of the casinos. I truly believe that they broadcast a harmonic that is intentionally aimed at a brain width of some sort to keep people mellow and you know not caring about what's going on and. You know, they, they mm-hmm. I mean, they, it was it was noisy. There were people talking, but that hum, that harmonic was constant. And I, wow. you know, when we, when we, and it was both casinos. And hmm. when we got back in the car, I mean, I had a crashing headache. It was, hmm. That's what... it, I mean, wow. And if I ran, if I ran a casino, I would do that. I would find something mm-hmm. that. that you know, without spraying something in the air or something like that, using a tone to um, to modify brainwaves to a point where people would become almost in a in a in a daydream. Well, I think so, they do. They get into those spaces of programming because, well, I think it has a lot of the noise coming from the, the slot machines, but still, yeah, the transmissions and the frequencies in there. Or um, I think they just go into like another zone, like an alpha space. Another part of it is, I don't know if you've noticed in the casino, they have the busy floors. That's done deliberately, by the way, the busyness of the floors, the, the spirals that they usually use, very um, intricate kind of carpets, this, that, and the other. That also creates that kind of, uh, I don't want to say disorientation, but it, it is there done on purpose for that uh, that reason. So yeah, wow. I worked in the casino for a long time doing surveillance and it is interesting. We never deployed any frequencies, but it was uh, it's very noisy on the floor. Very, very noisy. It, I always it, lived in the room, it. so I never left the room. People didn't know I worked there. Well, I used to go in, and they'd be like, can I help you? And I'd be like, I work here. <laughs> 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 Surveillance people are never seen. So they didn't even know I worked there. It's so funny. It's like well, hysterical. you know, it's, it, when, my, when my parents got divorced, we went to Reno. And um, this was in the... I don't know. It was in the 50s, probably. And they the, the casinos had rooms where people could drop their kids, and they were shown cartoons and fed ice cream and cookies, and there were places you could take a nap if you wanted to while your parents, you know, spent your graduate year, your college money. And <laughs> at that particular time, they were one-armed bandits. You know, you had to pull the thing. And oh right, yeah. So now that that appealed to me, and so when we mm-hmm. went to the computer, when we went to the casinos, it's all it's push button. You just push the button. You don't you don't yeah. pull the thing down. Little, and yeah. it it was not as much fun. And mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. my my sister being frugal as she is, she was pe- playing the petty machines, and I took. $100 one uh, for each casino 
and I was playing the quarter machines, and my $100 was gone almost immediately. I mean, mm. it was the biggest biggest waste of money. If the universe mm-hmm. wants me to have money, it'll it'll get it to me. I'll earn it. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. But, um, uh, the progressives know, was, is my suggestion. If you ever go to a casino, go to the progressives. They, they're the ones that usually hit. Just a heads up for anybody listening. They're just the ones that they, they go up in increments. You'll, you'll notice them. They'll say progressive on them. But those are the ones oh, okay. that are um, more, I think that people tend to win on those more than the other kind. But I do remember in the old days, yeah, where you pulled a handle and the coins come out. And I, people used to like that. They used to love the sound of coins hitting their little... Oh, yeah. Uh, the, and they had the big the big yeah. cups that they kept their quarters in. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 It, was fun. it was fun. I mean, my, yeah. my mother never made any money on it either. I mean... Uh, I'm not one of those people at this point in time where I win stuff, but mm-hmm. but but I have to admit that I I am gifted in many unusual ways, unique ways that mm-hmm. that it's like winning something, but but I'm not risking money at it. <laughs> yeah, well, the universe kind of puts everything in your orbit, you know, so to speak. In my opinion, I think when you're on that right path. Uh, abundance seems to pour into your life. I mean, good things seem to happen. Magic happens, so to speak. I think that happens a lot. And, and a lot of the things uh-huh. with the casinos, as much as, you know, it, it, people get addicted. Once again, we're talking about addiction. It is an addiction thing. I think they just get oh, yeah. addicted. And sometimes, you know, think, and they do win, don't get me wrong, but it's money in, money out. And it's really like, in my opinion, they don't really make that much. Uh, I don't really gamble. I actually, um, because I worked in casinos, I never really gambled. But before I started working in casinos, there was one at Cripple Creek. I remember back in the day I went to, and it was, um, really cool because I did win $350 and I just put in like 50 cents. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the coins just kept coming out. And I was like, Whoa, I was surprised. And I was very young at the time. It was, you know, it was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, Linda Goodman had a place out there. I don't know if I told you that or not, but she had a place up at Cripple Creek. She had a beautiful house and then apparently it was for sale. But what really attracted me to her house was there was an angel sketched on the glass. She was a beautiful angel that was on the, on the glass door. Oh, wow. So it was really, really pretty. Yeah, I, I was thinking to myself, I wish I had bought her house back then. I don't know who bought it, but it wasn't very expensive. I think it was like 180000 or something really dirt cheap, probably less than that. So it's pretty cool. Wow. It's a nice little story. Wow. Anyway. But those are the good old days, you know, just kind of the days where you just had fun experiences and no drama. So. Yeah, you know, it, it really, um, when I look back, and, and I'm wondering if every generation does this. Um, I mean, my mother, when she looked back, she 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 looked all the way back to when there was an ice truck, not truck, ice wagon that would come up the street and would get big clunks of ice for the ice box that was on the back porch, and that's where they kept their wow. stuff to keep it from from spoiling. Um, <laughs> and and you know I. When I think of the things that I can look back on that my son will never experience, it's just mm-hmm. or my grand my grandchildren for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so true, it's, isn't it? It's, oh, a record player. They mm-hmm. they they had a yeah. thing on TV not long ago where they put a couple of teenagers in a room with a dial telephone and said to them, "Call home." And do you know they couldn't figure out how to make the dial work or anything? It was, you know, you dial it and then you pick it up, 
and you know they couldn't I, it was and these were not dumb teenagers but they had never mm-hmm. seen a dial telephone and it was like yeah. I can't, I can't believe they can't figure this out <laughs> that's so funny but it's true, you know, it's just different generations. You know, they're, they're all digital now. And it's great that your little kids can use your technologies and everything, but I don't know, there's something else. There has to be some kind of balance, but who knows? I think every generation says the same thing. It will, it will be interesting to see where it all goes in the end uh, or the beginning. But, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, that nowadays they have drones. In the old days they had kites, okay, so that kind of thing. We used to fly our kites by the beach. I remember the cool uh-huh. kites, you know, long tails. Um, we learned how to fish. I don't know if people know how to fish. I mean, unless you're one of those outdoors people, but I don't think kids do that unless their parents take them out and camping and all the all the cool stuff. You know, it's just, I'm sure they do, but it just seems to me that things are changing so rapidly. Well, I'll, I'll tell you how old I am. When I was four, four or five, we got there was no television, and when televisions came out, my father brought one, and it was in our living room. The screen was no bigger than a than an iPad, and even not that big, and it was only on for a couple of hours a day. Wow. Um, and was when it black it, and white? When there were, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, was it black and white? Yes, it was. And, yeah, because they had and, color television, um, too, you know. Not right. back then. No. Wow. Okay. Color television didn't come in until God, twenty years later, twenty thirty years later. Really? Um, so interesting. Actually, it wasn't until sometime in the eighties that television started broadcasting twenty four seven. It used to it used to go off at midnight. They play the yeah, national anthem. It, it it would be off until heaven forbid they early the now. next morning. <laughs> I mean, when you stop to think about, I mean, it, it was, it was really weird how there was that 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 signal on the on the screen, and then I think six o'clock news would come on, and the early programming was just it was unbelievable. Um, I think I I did something for my my daughter-in-law, and it was um, one of the questions I had to answer was what was your favorite. Um, television show when you were growing up and the reality was well when I was growing up first there wasn't any TV and but but the 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 variety shows that were on were actually funny there was no political stuff there was no religious stuff it was just flat-out comedy I mean Mm -hmm. uh, Caesar and Imogene Coca um, Mm. I mean some of the very early shows were just unbelievable so Mm-hmm. So it's it's uh, yeah. I, I when my my grandson was very very young, at one point he asked me if I had voted for Abraham Lincoln, and oh, God. <laughs> I told I told him yes I I did and I voted for George Washington as well. <laughs> you know? Well, that really messed with him. She's a and my son. <laughs> my my son said, you know, you really have to not do that, and I said. You really think he's going to remember that I told him I voted oh, yeah. for them? It was, yeah. it was, you know, it, you do. You know, I, I think I made some comment to my grandmother if she'd ever worn a bustle, and she probably had felt the same way I did. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's but hysterical. You know, well, 
Kids are funny. But look at look at stuff when when we were young. Um, mm-hmm. Your telephone was connected to the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can you, you didn't yeah. carry it with you. No. And and you know some of the first handheld cell phones, you had to carry the battery pack with you as well as the you know mm-hmm. the, the 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 telephone part, and that was big and bulky as well. So mm-hmm. um, times have changed. Yeah, they really have. Yeah. I guess we're a little spoiled now, huh? And it's true. I mean, people complain, but it is nice to have these, um, I don't know, it is nice to have technology. But but still, there's something really cool about the old days, too. You know, just, uh, I guess well, it was a nicer timeline. And, stop and think about it. If they implant the um, telephone app into your skull, at 3 o'clock in the morning, you can get a telephone call. You know, I don't worry about that because I've been interconnected with tech that's way beyond that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I never slept back in the day in 2004, but that's another story. But yeah, I mean, we have all kinds of interface projects that are available in, in dark black sciences, if you ask me, but it's more about what's going on with the mainstream and how far they'll go with that. But it'll be interesting to see uh, where they head and, and all that. But, yeah, it's, it's one ride, isn't it? It's, it's very, very interesting to me. Well, yeah. You know, and you know, I look at it all, and I think, <clears throat> just where, where, where can it go, without it being controlling and scary? And you know, we're almost there, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's sort of like there's too much control, there's too much manipulation for me. There is, um, yeah, and it's a, it's, it's psychological manipulation too, and that's no good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fear factor is... Your relationship, I'm, yeah, you know how you feel the energy of the cosmos. It's it's different now. It's not the same anymore. Everything's changed. I mean, for kids, I would say. I mean, we had a really cool environmental condition back then. I guess that's why I like to watch that movie, Super 8. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's a really good movie. But it, it's okay. a reflection of innocence to some degree. There's a spin on extraterrestrial. But, but the idea behind it is when times were a little more simple, but, but not ignorant. You know, and, and also the idea behind the stars and the sky and the cinematography is big for me because I like to watch. I love Spielberg's work anyway, and I think he's part of that. Um, so it's really cool. It's really, really neat. Well, you, you know, I can remember when I was in junior high, well, junior high, high school, even before then, where in the summertime, my mother worked, and she, in the summertime, you know, she'd say say goodbye, and then, you know, she'd say, you know, be back by the time the streetlights come on. Mm-hmm. And we we were off on our bicycles. We, you know, there was, mm-hmm. there was, I, I mean, there had to have been crime, but it never touched us. And, right. you know, yeah. we, we could, I was in a small town. And you could you could ride your bicycle all the way to the town, the village. You could wander around there, around the harbor, around the boats. Or I mean, there were no restrictions. There was no fear. You know, mm-hmm, right. don't yeah. talk to you know. There, there was a don't talk to strange men and don't take candy from anyone. But aside from that, um, mm-hmm. and, and you and you knew when the streetlights went on that you better be home because dinner would be ready. And there right. was no yeah. way to check in. There was no way to check in with her. You know, it was just mm-hmm. a yeah. safe place to be. And yeah. today, no, that's true. Holy, holy moly! Um, oh yeah, no, it's way different. No, I agree. I did the same thing. We had um, we we came home at dark. You know, when when it was dusk, and sometimes they had a bell. They'd ring. <laughs> it's like one of those big bells. 
Uh-huh. Sure we would come back, but <laughs> sounds like we lived on a farm, but we didn't. But yeah, that's, that's kind of fun. But yeah, those are, I, I find those to be simple, and but not ignorance. It's good times of uh, just simplicity without any negativity. You're right; there wasn't any fear. I guess that's what it was about. We didn't have the predator stuff going on that like we do today. Um, you know, everybody's so vulnerable now. I don't care who you are, especially on the internet. Oh, yeah. So much of that cyber stalking here, and it's. You know, for kids in general, they should be off the Internet. I would never let my kid have an account. I'm sorry. I don't think that's necessary. So, um, but, yeah. No, I, I think of, of my grandchildren and, you know, they, they're they supervised and mm-hmm. appropriately so and, you know, very active and, you know, they're moving out into the world. And, and like I said before, I'm – not so worried about Thomas, but Jenna, I'm, I'm, you know, for Christmas. For Christmas, I gave her the alarms she can wear on her jacket so she can pull if somebody gives her trouble. Well, that's good. I, I mean, remember you telling me you were going to do that. Yeah, that's good. I, Pepper spray is good, too. I mean, stun guns are even better. <laughs> yeah, but, Anything you know, you have to read. You have to say, wait a minute, don't attack me yet. I have to go find my stun gun. This way she just jerks the thing off and, and this this alarm goes off. And I, I yeah, told that should her be a good deterrent, but I would still say pepper spray too. Get her get her some spray. Have her have okay. that if you put it on a keychain, you know. It's just pepper spray. Even comes in a pretty pink color for the female. <laughs> well, I, I know that I said to her, Don't test it here. It'll drive my cats crazy. If you're gonna test it, mm. go outside. Not around your dogs. Mm-hmm. It will freak them out. And so apparently the next day, in order to wake up her brother and his friends, she uh, set it off in the house. Mm. And um, I, John, John told me, and I said, well, was it loud? He said, let me put it this way. I expect my neighbor to be calling to see if everything's okay. Oh, wow, so. good. How cool. Good job. Piercing. <laughs> That's a great gift. Could save her life. It, it was. Oh. I gave her two, and oh. I told her mother she doesn't go away to school for another year or two. And um, mm-hmm. I told her mother I have two more, and uh, please make sure she has them with her because I just I yeah you know I want to mm-hmm. have I want her to be a black belt something so she can really oh sure kick butt but but uh, she should take a martial arts class. That. I know. But she can still take classes, though, self-defense classes, that's all. She'll get it. You know, yeah. women are getting it. They're getting it. Even guys. I mean, they all should be taking some kind of self-defense class. Kind of crazy Absolutely. out there. Yeah. Well, that's good. Know, it's Is it battery-operated? It must be a battery, then. Does it take a, what does oh, it yeah. take for battery? Okay. I don't know, but it's, it's, sure it's really got a, a long-term battery. And, um, great. I mean, I've taken to even, I no longer carry a purse, Everything I carry is in a fanny, uh, in a fanny pack. Mm-hmm. So, That's what I've always done in the past, yeah. You know, it, it's kind of like I don't have anything to steal. I mean, you know, my license. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but but it's it's just well, I kind love of fanny like packs. I used to live on those. I worked with those, yeah. On Maui, I had them. So. It, oh yeah, they are they are so cool. And and I mean, so handy. you know, it's kind of well, yeah. It leaves both of your arms free for one thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you know, in order to get it off me, somebody would have to wrestle me to the ground, which is ridiculous. And um, no, I I just don't look like I 
like I have anything to steal, and I, and I don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, look for somebody yeah. who's who's got a mink coat on, and you know, or, yeah. aim at them. Or Louis Vuitton bag. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, that they too. like those expensive expensive bags, you know. Oh geez, I'm not yeah. I'm not approachable, so I don't worry about it. I think no, I told you one time I, somebody tried to hold me up at an ATM. Did I tell you that story? No. This kid came up and he, he I was at the ATM and he goes up and he it was daytime and he came up to me and said, you know, he's like he had pretended he had a gun in his his pocket and I I almost like I, you know I come from surveillance so it didn't really look like he had a gun but I said he said give me all your money and I said you know what I said to him I, I looked him dead in the eye and I said f you. And he just weirded out, got back, he backed up, and he ran off. He said, don't, don't, he said something like, don't squeal on me or something. <laughs> He's a younger guy. But nonetheless, I, I, think, I think he was bluffing, but he was still trying to pull it off, and it didn't work out. It backfired. So, but then I later on sat in my car like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that. I can't believe, you know, you realize that sometimes you do things just as your, you know, your training goes. And, and it was so amazing that I even did that instead of just giving him my money or even thinking he might have had something. I was like, no, buddy, you ain't getting it. Sorry. So that's how that went. I think I would have said, no, give me yours. You've got more. <laughs> no kidding. Well, yeah, be careful of ATMs. And even in the daytime, like I said, you never know who's, who's around you. I don't like people getting close to me anyway. Well, this happened several years yeah. ago. But, I mean, I have yeah. never liked large crowds. Uh, I always pick up stuff from other people, you know, energy-wise. Mm-hmm. And, and, I just don't like large crowds. Now, if I'm on stage or if I'm in a pulpit, I'm okay. But if mm-hmm. I have to you know, go shoulder to shoulder, and, and the fact that I'm only five feet tall, so I become a hobbit. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's mm-hmm. very, you know, I thank God my son and my granddaughter are tall. Because if I go anywhere mm-hmm. with either of them, I just I just go along and I, I go in the wake of wherever they've gone, and I'm okay. <laughs> Well, that's good. You have your own security team, then. That's helpful. Well, they at least, you know, break the way for me. Otherwise, I I, I could get trampled. <laughs> no, you don't want people close to you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I know that we've probably talked about that, but you have to be careful because you don't know what they have in their hands, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like, well, that's um, true, too. You know, that's true, like that. too. I mean, they could have something. Yeah, because they drug people now. I don't like anybody getting close to me. And a matter of fact, if they get too close to me, I say something to them. I say, can you back up? I do not like it at all. I make it very clear that they need to back up. <laughs> yeah, these day, these days I am exactly the same way, and I love people, but I really mm-hmm. don't want to rub elbows with them. No, and, there's no reason uh, for it. That was the only good thing of the shutdown was the six feet apart thing. But um, <laughs> you know, I was I was great with that. I was like, yeah, that works for me. <laughs> six feet, twenty feet. <laughs> walk out, walk around with a yardstick and say, whoop, you're too close. <laughs> I know. Well, I have my big St. Bernard now, so. Oh. That stands out ahead of me. He's so cute. They are, oh, they're a great dog. He's the most gentle, beautiful boy. He's the most calm thing I've ever met. I, I didn't realize St. Bernards were like this. I would have adopted a St. Bernard a long time ago. Yeah, they're oh, wonderful yeah. dogs. They are rescue dogs, in my opinion. They're, they're the most gentle, sweet babies. And they're big, big, gentle giants. Real good boy. Yeah, I mean, they could lick you to death, but aside from that. Um, yeah, he's strong. That's the only thing. He's very, very strong, but I can handle him because I had my other dog who was much more powerful. He was a lot stronger. But this one here, 
know, he's, he's tough. He likes to play with me. And the thing is, he doesn't realize I'm like, stuck and kick my butt. He's just big. His bones are big, you know. I'm like, that's <laughs> funny. Does he have a brandy keg? Not yet. My sister said I need to get one for him. But, yeah, it's like I can just see him knocking me down in the snow. And I'm like, yeah, he needs to have one of those. But he's definitely a, a rescue dog. You can tell he just has that Zen energy about him, his, his heritage or something. Very oh, they're great dogs. They are yeah. great dogs. Mm-hmm. If, if I if I was younger and had a bigger place, I would have a dog as well as the cats. Mm-hmm. But right now, the, yeah. the cats would probably kill any dog I brought in here. So yeah, they hold their just, own. He gets along with my cats oh. just fine. They get along really, really well. Yeah, they rub up against him all the time, and he just kind of looks at him. <laughs> he, he likes TV, too. I don't watch TV, but he likes my computer. He likes to watch. Um, there's a Tucker Buzz Budson, who's this little um, pretty golden retriever, and he loves watching that. He's, like, talking to the camera every time, the screen. Oh. No, Doggy video. Cool. I digress. I know we're almost out of time here. And we went into a whole different yeah, universe. Again, start off with Antarctica. Well, we start going down memory lane. <laughs> It was fun. Well, did you read the write-up of the show? It said, Solaris and Barbara compare notes on topics that are unique and intriguing, where I'm they so take glad. the show as an adventure in itself, join them as the spirit leads them, and we all try to keep up. I mean... That's right. I think that's good. It can go anywhere. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like and, and we do. Yeah. And we do. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Well, yeah, we are I enjoy it. I always time. enjoy it. A happy New Year. Belated Happy New Year to you, Barbara. It's, been, oh, to it's you great too. to have you as uh, co-hosting me with this. This is fun. We always have a good time. Well, it's my turn to pick next time. Right. And um, I know where we'll start. I'm not sure where we'll finish. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to give a teaser or no? Um, Not really. Not really. I think I'm going to save that. I think um, as far, actually it'll be this month that we have the next show because this was our show for New Year's Day or whatever. So oh, that's right, yeah. It's only a couple weeks of away, so mm-hmm. I will let you know what we're going to start Sounds at. Sounds good. All and, right. Uh, and where are we end? We will nobody, go from there. <laughs> no, it, you know, it's going to be an interesting journey for sure. But thank you that so much good. again. And, my pleasure. Um, my honor. Ah, so mine too. Mine too. I, it's always good to, to pluck your mind and see what comes out. And it's oh, always life, a surprise. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's not okay. Jack in the Box, we're good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, so, so I'll say goodnight for now, and uh, okay. I will talk to you soon. Sounds wonderful. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, everybody. Thank, thank you, and thank you, everybody, for listening. We certainly have enjoyed having you eavesdrop on us. So please come back next time. All you have to do is go to BarbaraDeLong.com. The uh, calendar is right there. And um, you, you can see when the next show is. And uh, join us for our romp through time and space. Good night now and have a great evening and a great tomorrow. <laughs>